What's up, everybody? Welcome to another beautiful episode of the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm here in the studio with Ryan. And we don't need last names anymore because we're your friends. And uh, this week, <laughs> <laughs> this week we've got a friend of everybody. We've got somebody who's like a world traveler via the internet. I mean, we have a poet, a revolutionary. Mr. Brigham Kendall on the show with us. Man. I don't know if I'm a poet or a revolutionary, but hey, how's it going, guys? Good, man. Good. Thanks for jumping on here with us. We've been talking about getting on you you on here forever. I hope you're not getting on me, because that would be weird. Well, not I, I well. I'm glad I'm here now. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> getting on me. Brigham uh, is a knife maker, we know that. But man, you're kinda like a like I said, a world traveler. You you are oh, yeah. known by everybody. It seems like you know what I mean. You're brought up on all kinds of different podcasts, and you're tagged, just, and it's it's crazy. Well, I just I try to treat everybody like I like to be treated, and be a friend. Like you said, I, I try to be a friend to everybody, and you know, part of that is jumping online and promoting other people's stuff. Like the thing is, I like obviously I don't promote things I don't like, but. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to be a guy that's in a community and, and being part of that community and being part of the greater good of life. You know what I mean? Well, you're doing a good job at it, brother. You're well, definitely thanks. present. I, I, I see your name come up everywhere. If there's a yeah. live feed, Brigham Kendall is watching. If there's, yeah, my, you know, a podcast, shout out to Brigham Kendall. <laughs> well, yeah, much to my wife's chagrin, probably. She, uh. She's like, get off the phone. But, you know, I, I, work, <laughs> I work in an industry where I can look at my phone while I do my work. I, like I spend most of my time talking to people on the phone when I'm doing that um, or else I'm doing concrete lifting where I spend a lot of time waiting for things to kind of happen, like waiting for material to heat up or, you know, do stuff like that. I'm listening to podcasts while I'm actually doing the work and, uh, so, you know, I just have the opportunity to be present, I guess, um, or not present in some areas, if you know what I mean. But <laughs> yeah. Present for the most part. The wife will get and me like to I watch a movie with her, and she'll be like, you better not pick your fucking phone up. I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's that was kind of the talk this morning. Like, like we, we had uh, – uh, so I'm, I'm Mormon, right? I'm, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and, and – we had our big general conference is actually going on right now. And she's like, you better put your phone down. I'm like, okay, I will. Dude, we could have rescheduled you for that, man. That sounds uh, no, like a big deal. Good. It's all good. It's, it's, I, I can watch it later while I'm doing other things. I didn't know you were a Mormon. It's part of the name, man. Brigham is kind of like a, Mormon name, I guess. Oh, I didn't. That's I never I, thought about that. Brigham Young, the BYU football yep, team. Brigham Young. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's good. But part of the reason I, I don't drink beer, I drink the, the Dr. Pepper. But So how many wives do you have? Um, 13. Awesome. Awesome. No, one. <laughs> one. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> yep. That, that's not part of the religion anymore, but... Uh, you know, kind of one of those past things that every, everywhere I go, people bring it up. Like I, I, so with my, my other job, I do accounting software for, um, for cities. And so I get the opportunity to travel a lot. 
And so one, one week I went up to Alaska and was in um, Kotzebue and, and the mayor's wife came in and, or maybe it was the city manager's wife. She came in and she's like, Oh, your, your name's Brigham and you're from Utah. That must mean you, you have four wives. And I said, no, only three. <laughs> and she's like, really? I'm, yeah. And then like the whole week she thought I had three wives and finally, you know, broke it to her. I'm like, you realize I only have one, right? She, oh, I thought you, yeah. But anyways, only one wife. That's all I can handle. Well, I kind of figured that was the that. case, but I had to throw it out there. You know what I mean? I saw no, the bag. I had to take it. It's all good. So, so part, you're part of the deal. You're a knife maker. We know that. I try to be. Yes. You have, I'm still learning. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at your shirt and I know what that means. We'll get to that in just a second. We'll get there. Cause that's freaking awesome. But, okay. um, I can only see the top part. That's all I need. How long have you been <laughs> been making knives? Oh, probably off and on for five years at least. Um, mostly off. Like late the last year, I've really tried to make more knives so I could be better. I, one of my goals is to become a journeyman smith. Um, so you know, I've signed up with the ABS and and you know, taking classes and and trying to get my knives to where where I can pass that test, um, which I'm a long ways away. Like I'm still finding flaws in every knife I do, you know, and, and, and it's fine. That's part of growing and, and, and learning. But, uh, you know, sometimes it gets frustrating. I like, I don't know. It's like, sometimes I make the same mistakes over and over and he's, and I'm trying to get around that. You know what I mean? Like just stop freaking leaving that scratch there or, my biggest thing is I get in such a hurry to put scales on because that's my favorite part is like shaping the handle and doing all that stuff. Then I didn't, I didn't take out or do all the hand sanding that I needed to on the blade or, you know, just, just dumb mistakes that I know everybody does, but man, I seem to do them a lot, but that's part of the, part of the journey is overcoming those things and trying to be, just be better all around. Right. Yeah, well, it's all about practice. You know what I mean? Anything that you get good at, you've got to practice. I mean, my oldest son's 12 years old, and he was playing basketball in the front yard yesterday. And he lifted up the goal to 10 feet. And he's been playing on like 7 feet for the past few years. But, he, you know, that's a big jump. So I said, what mm-hmm. are you doing? He's like, well, that's official middle school playing height. i got to practice. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. You know, get on it. He shot like three or four times and just airballed it every time. And he turned around and got pissed. And I was like, buddy, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm never going to make point guard. I said, well, you ain't going to make the damn team if you don't practice. You know, nobody goes out there knowing what they're doing right off the bat. You know, and we're all in the same situation, I think. I screw up a lot of stuff still. And um, it's most of the time dumb mistakes, right? Once we do it, we know, like, damn, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you can go back and see why you did it. I hate almost every knife I make. Yeah. Well, see, it's, I'm trying to get, I guess that's what I'm trying to get over. It's just the fact that, you know, like, like this knife right here, I love this knife. Uh, this is one of, uh, it's, uh, Tyrell knife works design, the, the thresher that I wanted to, to, uh, recreate, you know, and I've actually done a few of them just trying to get better at his design. And, you know, I change each one a little up a little bit, but it's like my scales. I don't know if you can see right there, that black mark in that where it should be white. That's where like my scale floated up and I didn't know it. And, um, 
So now like all that black is just epoxy that's in the handle, which it's, it's fine. You can't feel a difference between the wood. There's no transition, but it's like, I know that's there. So that knife will always be in my hands. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, just, and that's part of the journey, but still frustrating still. And I still hate that knife, even though I love it. I hate it. Cause because of that mistake. Cause it wasn't what you envisioned it to be. Exactly. Towards exactly. the end, I had a teacher growing up who always said that practice doesn't make perfect because if you practice imperfection, you'll only continue to be imperfect. He said, yeah. "Perfect practice makes perfect." Yeah. So well, like, it's like, how, how do you get to the point where you're doing that practice perfectly? Though that's that, that's where I'm always like, there's always going to be something. I think in my case, a lot of it was on accident. Like, like my grinds and stuff, like I'd, I'd nail it on one knife and then I'd obsess about what I did differently to make it happen. That's how I developed that style where I wrap my fingers around the platen, which I've stopped doing. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's trial and error. Yeah. You got At a lot. the fullest. You got a, a full plate right now, huh? Yeah. Good Lord. I'm distracted. What, from yeah. life or knife? From from relaxation. Oh yeah, I'm fucking yeah. But uh, so I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine knives that I've got to finish. No, ten. Ten knives that I've got to finish right now. Um, most they're mostly seventy five percent of the way done. Now when that's done, I got to build my shredder, and then after that, I'm thinking about closing my books for the summer. I don't know. What kind of shredder are you building? A BA shredder. Oh, duh, duh. I'm like thinking like paper shredder. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's building all sorts of machines, so I, I don't know. Our, our, our good weather window is so short here that I have to, I really think I'm going to have to concentrate every minute of my free time on putting the fence up, getting the stone walkways in, getting the stone patio down, building the fireplace, the rock walls the fucking raised beds, grow the weed plants, fucking everything I have to do outside this year. What so. about the ditch, though? That's going to be – you skip that. That seems to me like it would be the biggest project. Uh, my neighbor's doing that with his excavator. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. All the heavy groundwork he's doing for me with his excavator. Sweet. And then so, like, leveling everything out, moving the ditch back to the property line. Um, all that's going to be done by machine. So oh, thank good. God for good neighbors. Yeah, for real. And excavators, right? Yeah, yeah I spent a lot like of last week on a skid steer. <laughs> he's got like four of them up there, all different sizes, different buckets, attachments. You name it, he's got it. I'm putting the fence in, but it's chain link. And I was like, you got any post hole diggers for your excavators? He's like, yeah, I got like a 12-inch one and a 9-inch one. I'm like, even the 9-inch is way too big. That's huge. I need like a 4-inch. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> but a bing. Actually, she never said she needed a four inch. But anyways, um, <laughs> I wish I had an excavator right now. Like I got a weird dilemma. I, I've been in this house for like a year. Uh, it, last October, it was a year. And it, so I live out in the country. I have a uh, septic system and no one knows where the access to the septic clean out is. <laughs> Talk to the owners before me, talk to the owners before them, talk to the owners before them, and then I haven't been able to find the guy who built it. So for like this house is 
built in the 90s, never had it cleaned out. So it's like, or maybe it was 2000. I think it was built in 2000. So it's like, I just know it's going to happen one of these days where I'm going to come to my basement flooded full of shit and all sorts of gross. And So you don't know where your actual tank is? What? You don't know where we your actual... We have no clue where anything is. So, we, so you can call the county and find out. Well, whoever the person who was who came out and inspected it, all he did is say it's seven feet from the house or from the foundation. And didn't say which direction, didn't say where. I have an idea of where it's at, but I got to get an excavator because it's, you know, a good three feet down. And I don't know. I, I mean, we, we dug a hole and found nothing. We tried doing uh, the uh, metal detector, like you just said. Dude, I found every single little slug from the electrical that got popped out, but not not anything, you know, worth digging around but. is there do you have a basement we do and we got so all of the pipes that come out are towards the front of the house uh, but there's three of them and they all just go straight into the concrete and i don't know which direction they go i imagine one of them goes out but just kind of kind of one of those things where it's like i've talked to a bunch of different people about it. it's just one of those things like i gotta go get an excavator and dig a freaking hole three foot around my whole property until I find the damn thing. Now, here's what you do. You ready? You mm-hmm. get you one of those uh, waterproof, waterproof Bluetooth speakers, little bitty ones like a, a Bose or something yeah, like that. Flush it. You flush it. <laughs> and you just walk around your yard until you feel the urge to dance. <laughs> Dude, that would be hilarious. That'd be cool wouldn't it, if that actually worked. <laughs> when we did the homebuyer's inspection, we got – the septic test because that was the only thing I couldn't check myself, you know? And when they came to inspect it, I was the only one here. I was the buyer, not the seller. So I didn't know where the thing was. He used like a long steel rod and just prodded the yard until it went thunk, thunk. And that's how he found the top of the tank. That's how we locate them here. But I was going to tell you that Brigham, but I would assume there they're super deep. Like they're the one at my parents' house is only probably less than a foot deep. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, it's... Mine's, I know mine's three feet deep because it says seven feet away, three feet deep. Yeah, but it's pretty I also deep. don't know what they yeah. put on top of it after that, and you know how it is. It's just just one be of those a concrete cap. Being a, yep. Being a homeowner sucks in lots of ways, you know, but it's also wonderful in lots of ways. But It's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is, especially now, you know, my mortgage hasn't gone up, but everybody's paying 14 1500 bucks a month for a two-bedroom shithole apartment yeah That's like, the, the housing market's crazy so it's like that there too huh it, it, i always kind of thought it might be a utah thing because it seems like everybody from california is moving here and no we got so lucky we bought our house last december so it's been a little over a year and the realtor was a buddy of mine from high school and he's like you got in just in time perfect price, whatever, good interest rate. Like four months after we moved into the house, he called me and he was like, Hey, do you want to make 40 grand and sell your house? And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I can't even imagine what to go for now. You know? Well, it's like, I know mine's appreciated almost 200,000 in the last couple of years. Like since we bought it Damn. and it's like, sure, I could sell it, but I'm not buying anything. Like the, I would just end up buying a crap hole for, maybe a hundred grand less than I paid for this one. And like you said, it's going to be one of those two bedroom, one apartments built in 19 eight 
you know? Yeah. yeah, we love our house. The only thing I wish we had was more land. What are you on right now? Like an half acre? Half an acre. Half an acre? Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. on two and a half right now. And so it's like I got goats right out the window, and um, we had pigs. Now we have them as bacon. Nice. Um, yeah, <laughs> bacon's good. But, uh, you know, my little girl wants a horse, which I'm like, oh, I don't want a horse. But Speaking of pigs, can we talk about your little piggy? Uh, my little toe? My little yeah. piggy toe? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. What do you want to know? Where'd it go? I already know the story. I do, I was, too. We were on a live, <laughs> and Brigham showed his foot, I think, in a Instagram post, right? And you're yeah. missing your pinky toe. And so we got yeah. curious on a live. So tell us how that went down, because it's not what anybody would normally think. No, That's no. True. So... Uh, my whole life, my feet are really weird, man. Like if my if my feet were an inch longer, they'd be a box. And so it's like I got really wide feet, and uh, my little toe just would always kind of not quite like a hammer toe, like it wasn't all bent up, but it would just stick up and kind of rest on top of my other, you know, that my but I would call my ring finger toe. I don't know, you know, my th- third fourth toe, whatever the heck you want to call it. So it would just like sit up in the air and hold on. I'm going to grab some shoes. Well, he's grabbing a shoe and he is in a chair, chair, man. That looks like a, yeah, it looks like it came out of a Tron, like a show car, like Bumblebee or something. Or like a spaceship. Yeah. It's not. Oh, here it is. Oh, it looks like that thing the Avatar guys sit in when they control those big things, you know? (laughs) That's called my gaming chair. Oh. So, um, so right here, this is where my pinky toe would actually come up and rub the shit out of my shoe. Like it would actually rub a physical hole in the shoe or unless it was leather, then it would just rub the crap out of my pinky toe and make it raw and, and crappy, you know? And so I went to the doctor, a friend of mine who became a foot doctor and he's like, Oh yeah, we can fix that. What we'll do is uh, break it and then drill a hole down it and put a, put a rod in it, a pinky, like to keep it straight. And, you know, hopefully it will touch the ground. I said, hopefully he said, yeah. I mean, like, we don't know if if that would be, if it would work. And then, Oh, they'd also have to cut the tendons up on top because that's really what it's doing is my tendons are too tight, but you know, they, uh, he said, well, hopefully it would work. I'm like, well, what if we just cut it off? He's like, well, that'd be a lot cheaper and probably a lot less pain. So I said, that is, you know, I'm not one for intentional pain. So, yeah, we just got it lopped off, and I think I'm going to get this other one done, too. So, <laughs> Who needs friggin' pinky toes anyways? Right. Dude, especially they don't touch. Everybody asks me, like, well, do you fall over now? And I'm like, well, I fell over in the first place. But, no, <laughs> like, it doesn't affect my balance. It never even touched the ground, so it's just kind of weird. The only thing that freaks me out is every once in a while I look down at down at my foot and it just looks different and be like, "Oh shit!" Then, I, oh yeah, yeah, it looks <laughs> it's different, gone, you know. Yeah, but and what's weird? Like I started posting things about it on on Instagram, right? I got this one guy who every every once in a while he's like, "Send me a picture of your foot." I'm like. Well, you saw this one. He's like, no, I want to see the underside. <laughs> like, my bitch, you got to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. Where's my Patreon? Right. <laughs> That's weird. You need only, only fans yeah. for that little digit. 
Yep. So uh, did you get to keep it like in a little pickle jar? No, man, they wouldn't let me keep it. Oh, no. man. I wanted to. I worked for the guy who he actually owned a business that I worked for who you, you might have seen it on on like YouTube or something. They got a, what they call a human slingshot where they get you on a four wheeler, get you in a harness and like drive you back. And there's these two big uh, um, like telephone poles Mm -hmm. that are hooked up with a bungee cord. And so they drive you back on this uh, four wheeler and then let you go. And it launches you right towards the face of this mountain. Um, But you know, you don't hit it obviously, but and it, you just kind of go back and forth. Well, one day he was doing that, and uh, the person, I, I don't know what happened, but it let go, and he said he felt something tug on his hand, and then pain, he looked down, his finger's missing. Well, it's because it, like the lady's harness grabbed his ring finger, or his oh. ring on his finger, just totally ripped off his finger. And so he, uh, he had, so it was his ring finger, he had the bone down in here, his metacarpal, I think is what they're called. He had that removed. And so it's like you'd shake his hand, and it just felt really funny because his hand was just skinny. Yeah. You know? Like, just awkward. Just awkward. That's why I wear a silicone wedding ring. Dude, I, stop, I stopped. I was a machinist for a long time. I stopped wearing rings there because I had, like, two close calls. And it was something dumb, like reaching down to get something and slipping, like, and – having it almost de-jacket my finger, like start to, like just cut right around there. I, I didn't wear it after that. Thought about getting a tattoo of it on there, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to eventually get divorced. <laughs> Am I allowed to get divorced? Yeah, do Mormons believe in divorce? Oh, I mean, like, plenty does of it happen, us get divorced. Know? Yeah, all oh, the time. Okay. All Be careful, time. Brigham. Yeah. Your wife might listen to this. Yeah, she might listen to this. Don't want to give her any ideas. But, yeah, I mean, we're just like you, really. You know, like we're normal people. We we get in relationships we shouldn't and do stupid shit and regret it. You know, what I, I mean? want to say that's good, but that's not good. That's like, you know what I mean. Like we all shouldn't do that. Well, <laughs> but yeah, we do. yeah, that's that's a fact. But we yeah. do. Well, I'm, it's I'm life, on life number man. two. Yeah. Luckily, I, I mean, I've been married to this one for uh, going on 17 years now. So Hell in yeah. October, it will be 17. So we got Damn. two kids. I got I got a 15-year-old boy. He's driving. That kind of scares the crap out of me. But he's he's a good kid. And then I, I got, got a 15-year-old, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's bigger it's than a, me. Well, he's, he thinks he's bigger than me, but I still let him know I could kick his butt. But <laughs> <laughs> we actually we're, we got in a wrestling match a couple weeks ago, and you know I was actually surprised he uh, he's getting stronger. But when it so we you know when it's on even playing level, I'm still just a little bit stronger, probably a little bit meaner. That's probably what it comes out to be. But well, we're always going to have the dad strength. Yeah, it's yeah. the old man strength. Yeah. Yeah, but we've been working our whole lives while they've been enjoying our fruits of our labor. Fruits, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. And, and see, that's one thing. Like, I'm trying to raise him a little different. Like, I, I was an only child, spoiled rotten. That's why I'm weird. I wouldn't shouldn't say spoiled. My parents were like never rich enough to super spoil me, you know. But you know, if I wanted something, I typically could get it right. Well, for him, I'm like, well, that's not a good way to live. It took me a long time to learn how to work, Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, I'm still learning how to work. 
Um, but I didn't want him to be like that. So I don't buy him clothes. I don't buy him like I'll help him buy some boots because boots are freaking expensive. But I make him work for everything. Like he comes and works with me when I do concrete lifting. I pay him a fair wage and he works hard. And uh, then when he wants to buy something, like he saved up and buy, bought a little tote goat, right? Or actually you can kind of hear him. I think he's riding it around right now. I just heard it go by. But um, he uh, he's a hard worker, man. Like it's it's good. It's a good thing. And I actually get a lot of business because, because of him because they'll see him out working with me and like, oh, that's so cool. You're teaching your kid how to work. I'm like, yeah, what, you need something lifted? <laughs> and they say, yeah, typically. So it's kind of, it's interesting. He's a good, good kid. Good kid. I've, I've noticed it from your posts. It seems like you're a good dad and you're teaching him all the right stuff. And yeah, definitely. And I think it's yeah, awesome that you grew up that way and are able to realize, you know, maybe I shouldn't pass that same thing down. Yeah, too many kids grow up too comfortable these days. They're not able to put themselves in uncomfortable positions, you know. Well, and it's like as soon as they put themselves in that uncomfortable position, they give up. And mm. That's not for me. And I even see that, like, in the people that my company hires, like not my concrete lifting but my other work, you know. It's like we've had a few people come in, work for two weeks and be done. Cause they're like, Oh, these are, these calls are just too hard. You know, we're solving software issues. It's not like it's hard work. It's just, you got to use your brain a little bit, you know, think outside of the box, just put effort in. And that's what I think kids, I shouldn't say kids, some adults lack. And I lacked I it for a long time. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'm not lying. I lacked it for, I was probably 25, 26 before I started, like, I have to work, you know. That's, what, that's <laughs> when I started going to school. Like, I, I was a machinist and went to school full time. I went to school and, and worked full time doing both until I, I got my master's degree. So, you know, it's like, that's when I first kind of really realized work is where it's at. Yeah, How old are you now? What? How old are you now? I'm old, man. Um, I'm. I'll be 42 in December. That's, so that's not too old. That's not right. quite as old as Brian House. He's the old old man of the community. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's true. How, how old is Brian now? I think 45 or 47, something like that. He looks 22 that long, huh? I just hope I live that long. I've been saying that. I was hoping I'd get to 30. But, <laughs> hell, here comes 40. Damn. I can't wait for it's 50. It's kind of weird when you do hit that stage, though, where you're like, ah, if I just live to 40, I'll be I'll be good. I'll be an old man by then. And now I'm like, oh, I f- still feel like I'm a 22-year-old, you know? like And, and my, my maturity level is about 13 years old. So Oh, for sure. Me too. I, I wonder if that's ingrained in us from back in the day because, you know, like Spartans and Vikings and stuff, if you were over 30, like people didn't trust you because how the hell did you live this long? You know, <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm still a child at heart for sure. Like to me, a fart is the funniest thing in the world. There's nothing funnier than a good fart. You just think of a fart and you're like, yeah, it, it makes it into a good funny. day. <laughs> yeah. You'd be mad well, as hell. <laughs> if it's in the car, it's not funny anymore. When it's like 10 degrees and you're not you're like, you can't open the windows. It's not funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 
But uh, back to what Brigham was just talking about with the, you were like 25 when you made, you had that click in your mind, that epiphany, almost like, holy shit, I have to work. You know, like this isn't all just going to come to me. I, yeah. that's like that old blue collar mantra. They say, no one cares, work harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think every man who is a good man has that realization at some point. Mine happened around that same time. And I was like 22, 23 years old. My son was real young. And I was like, holy shit, this is getting real, real, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, when real yeah, life happens click. and you realize nobody's going to, no one's going to do it for you. It's either go to work and pay this pill or, you know, trade your car in for a shopping cart. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Sleep under yeah, a bridge. Yeah. Well, for and, some and, of us, some of us yeah. get that handout, but. Fuck well, and, and I think it's always good, like, to mentor people like us as adults, we should be taking somebody that's younger, trying to teach them, you know, mentoring and stuff. But like too many people, and I was this way, but too many people expect everything to be handed to them. Yeah. Like on a golden platter, like, and, and it's like, like this week, this last week, my truck broke down, right? My steering box in my truck took a dump. And so I had to fix it. And, you know, just the steering box alone was like 600 bucks. Yeah. And so if I take that to the mechanic, that's going to be like $1,200 or $1,500 to get it fixed. And it's like, I didn't have that money. I just had to go buy the part and figure out how to do it myself. Well, 25 year old me would have let that truck sit in the driveway for months and months and months. You know what I mean? And, uh, I think maybe, maybe it is kind of the, uh, what's the word? Like, it's not drive, but everything is pressing, you know? Like, if I don't get that done, I can't go lift. And if I can't go lift, I can't afford my payments. And if I can't afford my payments, I will be living in a cardboard box in Florida somewhere. You it's know the I mean? hustle. Yeah. And and the grind, right? That's it. And in the back of your head, it's got something to do with your kids, too. You don't want oh, yeah. them to see you give up. You know what I mean? They, totally. don't, they don't want totally. to see dad, like, just park the truck and say, fuck it. <laughs> You want to be that guy. You want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. you say it out loud, you want them to say, like, okay, well, that was broke. Dad took care of it. And then they'll grow up with that same mentality. You know, if something's broke, we just got to fix it. I think yeah. especially if you have sons. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want your son to grow up to be, like, a weak man. You know what I mean? Like, right. To serve no purpose for society. To only be a consumer instead of somebody who creates something yeah, and see, that's how my dad yeah. was. The, my dad was a military man, so he was in the military until I was about eight, and just didn't know how, how to do crap. Like, and, and nothing against him; it's just how he was raised. He was raised by a single mom who uh, eventually got married, but to a guy who sold insurance who didn't do anything, you know. And so, actually, what he did when he retired, he ended up selling knives at a pawn shop, which I thought, or not a pawn shop, a flea market which is cool. But, um, you know, when you don't, aren't taught something, you got to kind of learn something. And I, I think it was somebody mentioned the guy, oh, there's a guy who does a YouTube, um, that grew up without a dad that shows everything he, he wishes his dad taught him, like how to tie a tie, how to change a tire, yeah, all that I've kind of that. stuff. Yeah, and so that's kind of where I've had at least mentors that would show me how to do stuff. 
you know what I mean? Like an uncle that when my, when my truck broke down, he showed me how to take the car, the air filter off and make it so the carburetor wasn't flooded anymore. And, and just kind of weird things like on this old Ford I had, you know, where my dad would be like, call the mechanic. And you remember those basic little things though, right? Yeah, you'll, well, you'll I probably, try to. I, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, I'm a slow learner, though, dude. It takes me, like, I have to run through it a couple times, you know. Um, and I don't know if that's, like, sometimes I just want somebody to hold my hand, show me how to do it twice, you know, and then I'll get it. Then I'll get it, which drives some people nuts, you know. But I'm not just the, I'm a slow learner. Like, it, learning is hard for me. But I love it. That's what's kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's crazy to think how our environments mold us, too, you know, because, like, I've said before, I grew up without a dad. And I don't hold any ill will or anything like that. There's no point in hanging on to that shit. But it almost worked out in my benefit because my dad, my biological dad, has no real skill. You know what I mean? But every now it's going to sound kind of bad, but it's not bad. It's throughout the whole course of my childhood. But every guy that my mother dated or brought home, had a trade. One was a plumber. One was a finished carpenter. One was an electrician. You know what I mean? You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. And mm-hmm. every single one of them thought it was their responsibility to teach me something. So they would all first guy taught me how to plumb. Second guy taught me how to do carpentry. Third guy taught me how to do electrical. You know what I mean? And then as I grew up, because any guy that grows up without a dad tends to collect father figures anyways. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a pattern I've noticed with even buddies of mine whose dads failed. But so even as I grew up, like girls that I started dating, their dads would find out that I didn't grow up with a dad. And so they'd take me under their wing. And that's how I learned the first bits of mechanic work I ever did or you know, working with metal or anything like that. So it, you know, it, everything has a silver lining and there's always, it depends on your, uh, the environment you grew up in, you know, um, if you didn't have that benefit and that's something you wanted, like you did, you'd have to figure it out on your own, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what's weird. Like my dad, I'm not like he was around, he was a nurse after he got out of the military so it's not like I could go to work with him and learn a trade. You know what I yeah. mean? And so I, I was kind of like you. I picked up father figure figures or uncle types, you know, um, people to hang out with, like welders. And and uh, I think that's how I kind of got into machining is one of my best friend's dads was a machinist, owns his own shop to this day. And, you know, he – I just swept floors for a long time for him, you know, and then just picked up knowledge here and there. And then finally decided I wasn't going to go to school and try to pick up a trade through my work and ended up doing that. But even then I still wasn't the best machinist. Um, I I should, I could say machinist. I shouldn't, I was a CNC operator, so I could adjust programs to make it cut where I wanted it to, you know, measure things. But, not a true, true machinist, so I shouldn't use that word. But well, it's still fancy. Um, yeah, still, still, still cutting metal, still fun. <laughs> but and I think that's kind of I've always loved knives. You know, like since a kid, I was a kid. You know, my first GI Joe guy was Snake Eyes. He had swords. I thought those were cool. Um, you know, and so that, that's where I started loving knives and you know learn how to 
deal with metal at the machine shop, but none of that we probably could have made a knife out of, but it just wasn't, wasn't in the, I didn't have the right mindset then, but it was cool because we had induction brazing. We'd braze these diamond inserts into these big bearings and um, using an induction machine. And now I see people playing with the induction machines as a forge, you know, which is kind of cool. But then I see, see some of the ways they're shaping their coils. And I'm like, well, that's because we used to have to shape coils to, to, you know, run these bearings in um, to, to braze the inserts in. And so, um, Anyways, I I see people shaping coils in ways I wouldn't have done it, but that doesn't matter. As long as the shit gets hot, it doesn't. It doesn't (laughs) really matter. Yeah, they use those in mechanic work too. Oh, really? Like yeah, if you get like a stuck bolt, you put this like a handheld induction heater. You stick over the bolt, and it heats the head of the bolt cherry red without getting the block hot, and then you just back it out. Wow, that's awesome. Or it breaks. I would have never thought of that. Yeah, don't, yeah, those things are intense, cool. dude. Say that? No, those things are intense. Just like the science behind that. You know what I mean? Someone had to have that in their brain. Because you can stick your finger in there and it doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? It's not like it's Yeah, a, unless you have some jewelry on. That's another reason why I don't wear well, yeah, that'll kick metal, you in. right? Like that'll... Yeah. It's just that a, happened a cool where concept. somebody was like, the coil's in here and he was messing with some airflow and just kind of drug his hand across it. And dude, it picked it picked up that metal, and his his ring got super hot. He had to take it off. He he had a couple burns, nothing bad, but it was really it was really weird how it just didn't even have to be like inside the coil, just near enough to it to, that it went up, not went up, but affected his finger. Yeah, I wonder how the power consumption is on those big ones. A lot, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know we had 220 running to it. I mean, like we, I, the whole module itself was as big as my desk is here. Um, and then it had, like, a rotating uh, thing to put the bearing on. and yeah. It was really interesting. It was really cool. Well, don't they that run, really like, off job. a plasma cutter-type base? Isn't that kind of the heart of the machine? Or a TIG? Some kind of other machine that they run off of, right? I don't know. I'd be curious yeah. to see what the value per like cost per blade to run one is. Like if it's more cost effective to just run an oven with six blades in it or to cuz how are you going to hold that at temperature while you're Yeah, the soak would be would be the hard, the hard part, part on that. I don't know. Well, I don't think they use them for heat treating though. They, like most of what I see is people forging with them. Oh, they you just get them forging hot right, in the coil. Right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, so, but I mean, I imagine you could. Ours at the machine shop, we built our own. Um, I didn't build them. I had a group that built them. And they'd hook up all sorts of uh, pyrometers and, 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 you know, lasers to measure the temperature. And it would kick on and off um, based off the temperature of the, the bearing. So. Oh, okay. Um, just, like a, just like a heat treat oven. Yeah, just that. like a heat treat. So, so in theory, you could if you had enough, probably money into it, you know. <laughs> but that's what all. So, hey, wait, I, I gotta ask you, Ryan. You're building that your third, um, your third oven, your heat treating oven. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, technically, it's my third. That one is actually the original. That's the first one. 
Um, and then I had some issues with it, and I blew a couple coils, so I built the one that I use now. But that one I resurrected last night for uh, another local maker, Ryan Clark. Shout out to R. Clark Designs. He does exceptional work, and I'm pretty sure he's only got like 120-something followers. Um, I'll have to like, go follow him. He's so good, he doesn't even know he's good. So that's the that's your leatherwork guy too, right? That's my leatherwork guy. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you just said that. I'm sorry, I was pulling with something else real quick. But I, I don't know. remember. <laughs> well, you speaking of learning part? stuff and uh, all that kind of good stuff, I want to bring up your T-shirt there. You got on Mister Brigham. This is an expensive T-shirt. Yeah, I want to hear about that right there. You were wearing the Be a Maker shirt because you spent some time with Jason Knight. I did. I did. That's uh, so. This last November, I had the opportunity to go out with a handful of guys and and make a knife with them. And it, it this was all part of my journey in becoming a you know a journeyman smith. I guess um, I learned how to uh, heat treat and make a blade that's strong enough to chop through a two by four, yet sharp enough to shave some hair off your arm and do it after you chop through the two by four. So, um, actually I, this is the second knife I made with, with him. I actually had a video last night of me, um, That's a beast. chopping some, uh, some, uh, I guess Aspen trees. I was cho- just doing, doing a little, okay, yeah, I saw that video. The, yeah. You know, one of them was like two and a half inches thick. Didn't take me too long to get through it. And it's still sharp as ever. Um, so, you know, and I learned, uh, I learned a lot from him. He, like, I think I frustrated him. Cause like I said, I, I'm the type of person I do like, you got to show me a couple different reasons, like different times. And then I need to know the reason why we're doing it this way too. And he's like, I think I would drive him nuts. Cause he's like, stop being like, stop thinking about it. Just do it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. You know? And I'm like, you know, try trying to learn, but you know, I, I learned things about grinding that, I couldn't pick up from watching his videos or, you know, just in design. And I, I learned a lot from him. It, it was a really cool experience. And, you know, it, I, I worked really hard to save up enough money to go out there. You know, I worked two jobs, basically two full-time jobs and just said, you know, if I want to be serious about making this knife and if I want to actually make the goal of becoming a journeyman and eventually a master smith, I got to learn from somebody and, you know, why not learn from him? And then he came out with this class, you know, learn how to make the journeyman smith knife. And so why not jump ahead and and like, because you have to be in the association for three years. Dude, he better not be peeing in a cup again. What? <laughs> no, he didn't shut the camera this off. This Gatorade's got oh. Gatorade in it still. <laughs> but um, you know, like, why not learn those things ahead ahead of time? So now every knife I make, I make the same. I, I don't want to say the same exact way we made it, but you know, with the same principles in mind. Like we blue black blue backed the knife that we tested and I haven't been doing that, but I'm also not making knives that are supposed to be bent at 90 degrees. And so, um, and and that was kind of the most, the craziest part of the whole thing, um, bending that knife. And then, then he had a YouTube thing come out about it. You didn't see my knife anywhere, but I was in the video wearing (laughs) my Braves hat, which was 
really gross. And if I would have known they were recording films on that day, I probably would have been wearing this hat. But, um, but yeah, it was it was a good experience though. Like, if you can, it, it wasn't cheap. You know, I had to save up for a long time to do it. It was it was it was a commitment, and that was kind of my way of saying I'm going to do this, and this is my this is my. Uh, it's your ticket to the show. It's it my is. ticket to the show. It's my investment. How? That's the word. It was my investment into my knife career. Yeah, it's like how are you supposed to know what the expectation is on that level if you don't put yourself in a position to see the knives at that level? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. what you mean. That's a but, big part of what I love about going to the Blade Show is that you can look at you know other people's work in person. And there's Master Smiths there. There's Journeyman, Apprentice. And there's Rookies. You know, there's a little bit of everybody up there. Well, I'm excited that Blade Show's coming to Utah. You know, the Blade Show West is yeah. going to be right up the road from me. So that's cool. Yeah, if anybody needs a ride around, I'll be I'll be here. But that's the Blade miniature show. Blade Show out there in Utah. Yeah, I hear it's not. I hear it's not even close to what Texas or especially the one in Atlanta is. But still, still will be good. They should do a Blade Show Northeast. Northeast, the main edition, Blade Show, right Maine. It'll yeah. just be me, me and Jamie the Squid there. <laughs> a pickle across the border for that. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Is Jamie the Squid up there in your neck of the woods? Yeah, he's Southern Maine. Oh, okay. I've heard his name a lot, he's but a I never dude. knew where it was from. He's a good dude. He he. Uh, when I was first building my my revolution, I was kind of asking what where do I put this cheap VFD because you have to have it covered up. And he sent me a like an electrical box that he came across and just sent it out for free. I'm like, dude, do you, I'll, I'll pay I'll pay you for it. He's, no, just doing doing a nice thing. And I think that's what's cool about our our community. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. Well, like Ryan, Ryan sent me a bunch of uh, micarta and. I think there was some cherry stuff. There was, <laughs> I screwed this knife up. I don't know what this was, but uh, what wood that was. I think it was your, some sort of maple wood. You had a blue, like turquoise, but then I blew it out trying to. Oh, yeah. Trying to do a hit. This is my first integral hidden tang, which would have been pretty cool, I think. But I still need to burn it and get get that handle out. That that giving stuff away too. That could be a main thing that's real popular around here. You know, like you go over to any old timey Mainer's house, and you're like just standing there in your garage, like, "Oh, that thing's cool. Take it, take it with you. You're gonna use it, Bob. Yeah, we'll take it with you. Like it's just something that we do around here. I don't know if people do it anywhere else, but oh yeah, we do. I think it's cool. I think we need to bring that back because it's a good way of getting rid of shit you don't need. Yeah, and we have a good habit of, like, knowing where the line is, too. You know, like, somebody's like, oh, I could really use that grinder. Yeah, go fucking build one then. <laughs> you know? But but then you would offer to help them. I know you would. Yeah, yeah. If, but if it's something that you're not using, we've all got shit laying around our shops, you know, and, like, somebody's like, oh, I could really use that. Take it. What They call that dickering, right, up there in Maine? Or is that, yeah, like, bartering? Dickering. That's right. Dickering. Yeah, Dicker, Downey's Dicker. Downey's Dicker, yeah. That was a cool-ass show. Yeah. (laughs) 
That's legit. You go to flea markets, you like, oh, they're asking ten bucks. Uh, I'll give you a four. Yeah. Well, how about six? No, five. Five's the best five. I can do, Bob. You actually sound like you're from Maine. You're really good at that. I am from Maine. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best I can do, Bob. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, you're killing so, me. It's junk. So do you, do you naturally have that accent and you put it off? or, or I think uh, that accent is a fading thing, but I think if you live here your whole life, you learn to mimic it because when the guys are around and there's a few joints being passed around or the beers or whatever, the main accent comes out with everybody, you know, like, oh, what's going on today, Bob? Oh, <laughs> wicked pissa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I used to live in North Florida, like so Tallahassee, just outside of Tallahassee. But when I first moved to Utah, my all of my cousins made fun of me because I had, uh, you know, that southern draw. And so I learned to kind of put it off. But then if I, like when I went on my mission, um, I had a companion from Mississippi and he had a really thick accent. And all of a sudden I started bringing, like my accent started coming out again. So it's like, if I talk to somebody long enough, I'll start picking up their accent. Yeah. I find older Mainers, um, especially men, for some reason it, it becomes permanent. So, like, you meet, like, an old-timer who's been logging his whole life, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like that tractor right there, that's 24 hoss. Hey, you can't beat that Husqvarna tractor. And they just, <laughs> like, they just talk like that all the time. Sometimes it's so thick, especially down on the coast, that you can't understand them. Yeah. It's like, what did you just say? What? I remember the first time I heard you break out that accent, you were doing something with – or you were talking about – uh, the dude that kept tearing up his bars on his chainsaws. Oh, what's going on with oh, the guy with the goose head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the goose head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. He's an absolute monster of a man. Like you would never want to be in a physical altercation with this guy. He's. I'm six foot, and I have to look up at him when I'm talking to him, and he's just. Yeah, huge Massive. working in the woods his whole life, but he's he's kind of dumb. That's all he knows, <laughs> you know. Like he, that's all he's ever done is cut trees and like you couldn't ask him what nine times nine is. But he's a hell of a nice guy. But there was another guy who was an old man who was really short, and he would use his chainsaw as a cane when he was walking through the woods. So he was always blowing the tips out. Because he'd get, he'd get rocks and dirt and shit in there, and then he'd fire the saw up, and it'd blow the tips out after a while. Yeah. He had one eye. Probably from slinging some shit in the other one dude, with, a, with his chainsaw. Was hard <laughs> as a woodpecker's beak, dude. He was hard, man. He like he rolled his skitter. You know what a skitter is. Oh, yeah. Them, uh, skitters, like Brigham shaking his head no. It's, it's like, like a like four-wheel the- drive. Giant Huge. claw. Oh, skid steer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not no, a skid like steer. Not a skid steer. A this skitter. bitch has got a claw that'll pick up a tree, like a big grapple okay. hook on it. It's a logging okay. machine, so basically you don't need a road to drive it into the woods. It's got four huge tires. They articulate in the center so you can make tight turns, um, but when they when they cut down trees, they twitch them up is what they call it, where they wrap all the butts together and drag them out with the skitter. He flipped his skitter on top of himself, and then couldn't get out of it, so he got to his cell phone and called up one of his buddies and was like, "Hey, man, 
I'm stuck in my skitter. Can you come flip me back over? Like <laughs> in his seventies. That, that, yeah, that's hard. We we actually use that saying down here, but we don't say beak. We say lips. Hard as woodpecker lips. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I go through. Go ahead. I love that saying. Yeah, we got a bunch of really stupid ones down here. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull up the Patreon list and read that off while I'm thinking about it because I definitely don't want to forget it because of how much we love and appreciate each and every one of them. So we got Donnie Dulovich, KnifeMaterial.at, Aru Blade Works. Hey, Brigham Kendall. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank Mark you. Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, Richard Beck, Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell, Brad Troxclair, Zachary Sowell, Maritime Knife Supply. That's Maritime, boys and girls, not Miller Time. Driver Defense Knives. I talked to Dustin the other day. I've got a T-shirt on the way. Yeah. I'm wearing his hat right now. Dude, he's got some sick T-shirts. I think he makes them himself, too. Dude, I, I was talking to him, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I wear an extra large. And I'm thinking he's got, like, a design. He sent me like ten different pictures of different styles and designs and colors and super sweet. But Noah Bloomberg, Intiot River Forge, runner up for the big old contest they had. Gentry, right? That's the one that put that yeah. on. The Gentry Custom Knives. And Crafty Man Forge. And I still cannot remember his name. I'm gonna have to look it up before the next show. But thank you everybody. All of our Patreons. We appreciate all of you. And uh, I do have this other menu on here. It says canceled to people who were Patreons and decided not to be anymore. And there's only one name on that list. So uh, we'll just leave Mr. Ryan Coakley alone. I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so crafty man, his first name is Luke. Okay. Isn't he down in Florida? I believe so. Okay. He doesn't well, post much. Luke, you got to post more. Yeah. You thanks, post more, buddy. He's only we're got all interested posts. in what you got. Coming, so man, there's a lot of knife makers out there. But when you think about it, there's really not like that. When you put it to the grand scheme of the entire world, like you know, one of our other community people says all the time, you know, with all the billions of people that there are in the world, there's really not many of us at all. It seems yeah. like it to us because we all know each other. You know, because yeah. the community's so small and so tight, we all kind of just bond together. Yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting, especially like I know at my work, I got 100 people there. I'm the only one that makes knives, you know. I don't yeah. think I've ever met another knife maker. But Shane Carter, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's a master smith. He won Forged and Fire once. He lives like less than two miles away from me out in the sticks here. So maybe three miles. But yeah, I he's think the one that made those butterfly knives like the two knives that come together uh, we're all kind of weird in the same way yeah but oh. i think you got to be to be most people are not going to get into knife making and go fucking balls deep you know what i mean it there's too yeah. much it involves too much it's not like crochet no offense to people who <laughs> knit but it's not like crochet you know it's not like playing golf we're doing metallurgy. We're doing physics. We're doing chemistry, geometry, the grinding, 
you know, every carpentry, it's all how is it's like the ultimate hobby. Sounds like you're in the AP classes on this thing. <laughs> I ain't doing nothing with no <laughs> physics and chemistry. Oh, well, he was telling me the hard part. The hard part for Ryan making those uh, kilns is doing the math for the coils. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said math, and I went, what? <laughs> it's not that bad. Dude, that it's thing that you made, did you, like, come up with that on your own brain, or did you see that as, like, this is a cool way to do it? What, that? Your that coil wrapper. Oh, uh, veggie oil guy on YouTube. Oh, okay. That was veggie cool as shit. Guy? Yep. That's, uh, it's just two pieces of wood. One hole is, so if, like, your coil's a, mil, a millimeter thick, you want the outer hole to be two millimeters larger than the inner hole. So the, and the inner hole is the same size as your rod. And then you pass the wire in between the two pieces of wood, wrap it through a hole in the rod, and you just start the drill on slow until the roll's gone. And then you've got, and then from there you stretch it out a little bit because you don't want the coils to touch each other. And you can get your ohms reading to know what the resistance of that full coil is. Like the one I wound for the oven I finished last night was 27 ohms, which is, which is fine because that's what he wanted a low draw. So the higher the resistance, the lower power draw. So his oven is running like 9 amps, 2200 watts, something like that. My oven runs uh, 15 amps, like 3600 watts, somewhere in there. Some, some, yeah, some grammar police guy's going to correct me <laughs> that you're half an amp off on the wattage or whatever. That's just a rough number, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know what none of that means. I do know if I test an element in a water heater, if it's a 3,500 watt element, it should be about six ohms, six to nine, somewhere in there. If it's 120 volt Not or 220 volt or, you know what I mean? So, yeah. The longer the coil, the more resistance. So, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense because the water heater element is what maybe eight inches long, but it you know goes out and back. So, 16, yeah. you probably got yeah, like lots, like you probably got 100 feet of coil wire. Uh, the roll I spun up yesterday was 50 feet. Oh, okay, that's that's a bunch of one coil, one, one coil, 18 feet or 18 is like, gauge. Is there a certain metal it needs to be? A1 canthal wire. You can use nichrome wire, but it doesn't last as long. And you, if you want to do stainless, Cantal's the way to go. Um, my oven is eighteen gauge or sixteen gauge, so it's a little thicker. Um, I did, I went with eighteen on this one when I rebuilt it because it was getting too hot when I was running it off the thick wire um, with the high voltage. But, Are you running two twenty on yours? Yeah. Okay, so right now in my shop, I don't have any option for two twenty. What would the benefit be to 220 over 120? Other than I know it would probably take a lot longer to get up to temperature. But um, once so it, like 220, like my oven runs 9 amps, or the one I built last night runs 9 amps. If I had wired it for 120, it would draw 18 amps. Okay. So, so, so two, 240 volt is more energy efficient than 120 volt, even though it's more voltage. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean you can you can do ovens in one twenty. My coil is one long coil, which they would consider to be a coil wired in series. Mm-hmm. Or no, that's yeah, it's in series. And that but for a one twenty oven, all the ones I saw done were separate coils done in parallel. And then when you do that, you get into Ohm's law, which is like 
So if you have three coils that are all the same resistance, if you wire them in parallel, then there's some math involved and you like cut your resistance over I times R, right? I think so. Yeah. Ohm's law. <laughs> Brigger's just shaking his head like, what the fuck? I have a master's degree, but it's not in engineering or electrical <laughs> engineering. I did, you lost me at three millimeters. Like, Well, E is energy, ago. which is the voltage. I didn't yeah. even graduate high school. I didn't either. E is <laughs> um, energy, which is the voltage. I is the amperage. R is resistance, which is the ohms. E v over I times IR. Because yeah, it's a triangle and the little, you know, the, I guess the little helpful diagram. I remember that from college. Um, I didn't graduate high school, but I did go to tech school. I'm trying to remember because I didn't do my oven in 120. So my, my coils are in series, but it's just one large coil. So there's only two outlets. And then if you want to do them in parallel, you'd have all three on one side connected to your negative it's it's ac power so it's not a negative but right. you know, you'd have one you'd have all three or two whatever coils you went with connected on one lead and then the other ends connected on the other lead right it's um, a hot wire and a neutral wire no on t- well on 120 yes on 220 it's two hot leads oh yeah yeah yeah. Leads. yeah yeah so it'd be a, actually See, was, a four wire hookup wire up my grinder but that's just because there was enough on youtube brian house's videos that i could watch you know on is as smart as i kind of feel like i may be coming off right now that's definitely not the case because on my grinder i called brian house on the phone for help (laughs) (laughs) nice and he was uh i think it was like a friday night at like nine o'clock or something i sent him a text message i'm like hey man this has got to be bad timing but i need some help you know so he said, give me a call. Just heads up. I'm a glass of wine in or what do you say? Two glasses of wine in or something. I was like, cool, dude. As long as you don't kill me with your tips, we're good to go. But, yeah, he, he walked me through uh, my grinder wiring over the phone. That's I, awesome. I've contemplated building them and selling them, but I don't know what kind of liability there is in it. And I don't know. They're a lot of work. It's a lot of work yeah. to build a heat treat oven from scratch. The biggest thing that I could see you have a problem with on selling those would be shipping. They've got to be yeah. heavy as shit. You know what I mean? The small one I built last night's probably at least, I don't know, 80 pounds. Yeah, I was looking Ooh, at geez. it. I was looking at it seeing bricks and solid steel. Like yeah, that's got to be a beast. My oven that I run, the big one that's mm-hmm. on the cart, I can't lift that fucking thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I had it, to put a sheet of wood off my workbench and slide it down onto the cart. It looks like it's quality built for sure. I mean, you can tell well, there's like some some time in it. Oh, I like some it. time. Don't let a welder look at my welds, so. Well, what's, what's that old thing? <laughs> a grinder and paint make me the welder I ain't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Song as it sticks. That's right, old bubble gum. I got an interesting welding job coming up this afternoon. Maybe, probably not this afternoon, but within the next couple days. So, you know, I got rid of my big truck and picked up this little 2000 Honda Accord. Mm -hmm. I snatched the back bumper off that sunbitch earlier today, and I found solid steel. I'm finna put a uh, receiver hitch on it. Wow. Why not tuck my little trailer around? I got a five-by-eight little utility trailer. Oh, yeah, you could pull that. Yeah, I mean, I know it'll pull it. I had a Dodge Intrepid one time that I welded a – 
it was actually my ex-wife's vehicle. But uh, when kids came around, I had a four-door truck, and she had this little piece of shit car. So I was like, well, hell, you drive the truck around. You know, I'll take that little car. And I just welded a piece of, like, three-quarter-inch plate to the bumper support inside that one. But today I went to Harbor Freight and got one of those uh, one of them receiver hitches. They're designed to go on the top of a bumper of a truck. So, you know, if a bumper, if a truck bumper doesn't have a hitch, it's got where you put the ball, and then yeah. it's got those two holes on the side. Well, this is supposed to bolt on to that area. We don't need no bolts. I've got a welder. <laughs> so I'm going to weld it to That'll it. That would be good. Hell, yeah. Do it up. Yeah, yeah, right now I'm trying to figure out. I, I got a a parasitic battery lo- like power loss on my my 2005 Honda, so I've been battling that. I've had. Why is it always things come like things bad happen? Things that are bad that happen in like threes, right? Like freaking truck broke down trying to fix the the truck and the car goes down. You know, strained in your battery. Yeah, like when it's not plugged, mm. like when it's um, not running. I thought it was a battery, replaced it, got a new one. Next, like two days later, it's totally dead. So I pull it out, and I can see the draw. I just don't know where it's coming from. I've pulled all the fuses. No clue. So I had that hat. What kind of car is it? Uh, an 05 Honda. That's what Honda. made me think of it because it's Honda. Dang Civics. Whoa. What's going on there? I had a, I, I had an old Chevy uh, Impala that the blower motor regulator kept blowing out, and it would make my blower motor run real slow while the car was mm. off, all the time. So then I'd go out in the. No, your camera's not on, Jason. Now it is. We're having some technical difficulties, guys. Y'all can still hear me though, fine when it's not on yeah 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 we just can't see your ugly face all right well maybe it'll do it again you'll be blessed (laughs) it brings it brings the mood up in the room (laughs) oh man just just kidding you guys are so sweet i keep getting this thing up that says uh google needs permission to access facetime camera so i keep having to click on this thing to turn the camera back on because it keeps cutting off anyway we'll continue if it keeps cutting off i'm just gonna quit clicking it because it's that anyway. Impala that had a draw on it. Oh, the blower motor regulator. It. Yeah, so that's worth checking. I mean, I couldn't hear it outside the car, but if I sat in the car with it off, there would be like, you'd hear like a slight hum coming out of the dash. And that's hmm. what it was. Because that, that is what takes power from the computer and gives it to the fan, as far as I know. I don't I am a mechanic, but... <laughs> So maybe, maybe that's it. It could be a bad ground somewhere. Check your body grounds. Uh, you could have a blown light bulb that the light's staying on, but it still feeds power to the socket, hmm. and you'll you'll still lose power that way. Like a lawnmower, if you leave the lawnmower key on on a tractor, it'll kill mm-hmm. the battery even though there's no lights on. There's no yeah nothing. My headlights are on mine if the key's turned on. My Husqvarna tractor. Yeah, Husqvarna. Husqvarna. I know every bit of those tractors. That's awesome. So if it ever breaks, just shoot me a message. Do. <laughs> I sure I have. <laughs> a, I am a silver level Husqvarna certified technician. 
Wow. I've sent yeah. Ryan some stupid pictures before, and I'm like, man, fuck this thing. What do you know about John Deere? And I just start shooting pictures out. <laughs> He's it like, my trimmer's such doing a handy this. Trade. Yeah. Such a handy trade. Yeah, we seem to be dwindling, too. Not too many people work on small stuff anymore. Because well, most, most people, like especially a trimmer, they'll go buy a new one, you know. Or what I've noticed is a lot of shit is battery-powered. I was in Lowe's the other day, and they had a zero-turn mower. Did you, did you look at the price on it? They didn't have a price on it, and I figured there was a reason they didn't. It was the it's as much as a Tesla. Ergo or something like that, or Easy Go or something. You know what I'm talking about, right? The green little logo. Yeah, the Ego or whatever. Ego, yeah. Um, so Skag Power Equipment, they're, it's a very good brand, all-American made. They have a small homeowner-grade Patriot is what it's called. They're coming out with a lithium ion version. The regular Patriot's like six grand. A zero turn? Yeah. The lithium ion version is like 26 grand. Oh my gosh. Like what? For a lawnmower. For a lawnmower. That should come with somebody to push it for you. You know what the crazy part is? None of us know how to fix this stuff. Well, right, your engine mechanics, it's not, not, it's not electricians, meant to be fixed, right? They just pretty much to buy a new one. Well, it, like, so I didn't see the lithium-ion one in person, but I imagine the way zero turn works is you have hydraulic pumps that run off the motor for each wheel in the back, and that's how you get your independent steering. So I imagine that they'll have an independent electric motor for each wheel, but then what turns all the spindles on the deck? And that's a lot of torque going on those decks, you know. I mean, a lot of these big zero turns are 26-horse engines, 26, 27, up to, like, 31, 32. They got three-cylinder diesel engines in them. Like, you need a lot of power to turn a 60-inch mower deck on top of driving. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they rig this up. I imagine, what well, what happens when... We've all done it. You're cruising along, mowing your lawn, and all of a sudden, pow, and a rock goes flying out the side of the mower. You know, like, what are you going to do when that rock is impacting an electric motor? Can't be good for him. No. Hey, I'm back. Uh, Hey. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I'm sure it would have some sort of kill switch on it, though, that, you know, some sort of thing that just bumps it bumps that motor off i i don't know that's kind of an interesting thought but but where would the threshold be you know what i mean if it hits a rock to sling it out of the way yeah it happens or if it just hits the ground you know like yeah or big ass root dirt with mine all the time it just powers through or, or kills the engine one of the two yeah it'll be interesting we uh at my last job that i just got done at we had a lot of issues with walk behind electric like battery powered snow blowers and the like a couple of the motors we had to pull off and send back to be reprogrammed they wouldn't even allow us to have the capability to reprogram the motor and these are snow blowers that are getting wet you know what i mean and all they have you can see the windings of the motor through the front of the block so it's like that's going to be a problem you know i think they got people designing them that didn't live in cold climates Dude, I think, uh, you know, they were talking about that on the Work For It podcast this last week with uh, 
the guy from Knife Perspective. And, you know, you we hopefully we're getting out of this, but I worked with a bunch of engineers at that machinist job. And what I would do is I I ended up doing testing. He just switched sides. That was so weird. But anyways, oh, at one point, fuck. Um, okay, we're you know, so good. <laughs> I was building, I was building testing rigs for these guys. And, you know, as much as, as smart as engineers are, sometimes they're just not practical. You know, they, no. don't, they don't think practically. And, uh, you know, that's where I would step in and say, dude, you can't do this because of this, 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 and this. And sometimes they'd fight me on it, like going, I I went to six years of school, blah, 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 graduated from BYU in engineering. I know more than you do. It's like, you know, okay, let's build it that way, and we'll see what happens. And As a mechanic, uh, engineer would crawl over a pile of virgins to fuck a mechanic. That, you know what I'm saying? I, I know it's a little crude, but. I have seen some stuff fixing things that I'm like, why, why would you do that? Why would you put an oil drain right above the frame rail? Why would you, you know, like, come on, what are you doing? Well, and I think they brought it up and this has been my gripe for a while is like the oil filter, like where they put the stupid oil filter on some engines is just ridiculous. You know, Mm -hmm. like, and what they're trying to do is keep people from doing their own maintenance. That's really what it comes down to. But I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, Wait, it is. Can, I, can I do this on this podcast? Love you. I love you. <laughs> Shout out to to those two up north of those guys, Justin and Lando. They're hell of you a guys. good guys. What the heck? Did you just see up his nose? I wish you guys could see this. He was like looking I, at his camera or something like that. I thought we should do. We should release the video too. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we'll just you do like here. a Patreons only video. Yeah. What were you doing? What are you a cop? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw your nose hairs on the, the camera. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was I was looking to make sure there wasn't no loose wires or nothing back there. The camera just keeps flipping on and off. And then I have to click OK to let it come back on. But. So. Yeah, I'm not a fan of engineers, but back onto that uh, electrical stuff, you know, handheld equipment. If somebody bought an electric chainsaw and brought it back to us to fix, they don't offer parts for them. So even if I was able to diagnose why it wasn't working, which sometimes happens, sometimes it's just a switch and you can test the switch and oh, switch is bad. They don't sell the switch. You can't order the switch. Somebody smashes the oil tank for the bar oiler. You can't order the tank. Like they get a well, new saw. There was a guy who made tons of money repairing Teslas, kind of that way. Yeah. Like when they first started selling Teslas, somebody would wreck it, and there's no parts to fix it, or rich, there wasn't. Rich rebuilds. Yeah, and so he made tons of money doing that. Which I wish I had a brain like that. You know what I mean? To to see that need. And be able to do stuff, but didn't Tesla get on him hard about it? Like, stop doing that. You're, we don't want you doing that. I don't know. I don't know. That does maybe know. not though. That doesn't seem like something Elon Musk would do because he's more of a. I mean, he gave away all the patents. Well, he's done. Got his money. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he was buying up the junkyard Teslas, the ones that were getting totaled before they were offering parts. He was just buying them up, piecing them back together. 
It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's smart idea. I mean, smart yeah, idea. for sure. Especially with like a niche market like that, you know? Yeah. Speaking of Teslas, Todd Harrington has a Tesla. Shout out to Todd Tar- Harrington. Yeah, that was He's funny as shit. Good knives. <laughs> He's crushing it. He must be a tired ass man. Every time I talk to him, he's like, oh, I'm traveling here. I'm traveling there. I'm work- making knives. I'm cooking. I'm like, I yeah. thought I fucking did a lot. God damn. Maybe he's on crack just up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, he must eat well then. Yeah, he's eating good. Yeah, he, yeah. Don't, he doesn't have that crack face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, he's not all sunken. sunken. And their teeth aren't there anymore. Uh, yeah. Brigham, where do you buy your abrasives? Hey, you know, honestly, I've been get, I've gotten some from Phoenix, so I, I use the, the the hustle to get ten percent off of there, and then uh, I have been getting them too from uh, Maritime Knife Supply. So, just those are basically my too. two my two go tos. Also, Dude, Lawrence has so, some stuff that Phoenix doesn't have, and vice and then, versa. Yeah. yeah, and vice versa. So. Yeah, but right now I'm trying the Cubitron ones that I got from Lawrence. So they seem to, they're pretty legit. Like, I, I like them. But. Yeah. I like so the Cubitron have, sandpaper. What grid did you go down um, to? Who are you asking? What grit did you go down to on Cubitron belts? I've only ever 30, used them in super high grits. 36. Okay. 36. It's, it eats metal up really, really well. I'm not. I'm not like the best when it comes to judging that stuff. But um, I have the. I also have the Norton Blaze ones. Um, I got the ones I got from Phoenix. I'm. I'm still kind of like in the middle of those. And then I got these new Cubitron ones. So I'm kind of back and forth, trying to decide what I like. But uh, I'm still beating yeah. on that Actorox belt that Phoenix sent me. Really? Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm still See, beating keep, on it. Um, the reason I went with the Cubitron one is Lawrence said it. It was just as good as those, so we'll have I haven't to tried we'll the have 36 grit Cubitron. I have a couple 120 grit Cubitrons, and I like them. They make like a, it feels like a cleaner cut. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, yeah. but the the lines just feel crispier to me. Yeah, not as much variation, like facets is what I like to call them. Yeah. Different facets in my grind, but um, 3M makes yeah. a good product. They're Trizac belts, I swear by them. I go right from 120 all the way up to 800 on the Trizacs. I don't think – is that the one with the uh, the little – Kind of diamond pattern? Yeah, I think they're yeah. called Gator yeah. belts, the one I have. Yeah, Gator is the heavy grit style, and then they okay. have a finer grit style that isn't called Gator. And so I got one of those like from – Yeah, I got one of those from Phoenix Abrasives that – I think when I got my big order from them. And then I also got those, uh, the VSM Ferrari red. I got mm-hmm. those in 100 or 120, either 100 or 120, something like that. Those are good. Um, belts. Which, those are my go to 36 grit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see, I don't know why I, I got some other brand. I thought it was VSM, but they, they're not like the same color red. It's kind of a, they're kind of orangey. Uh, darker. Yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah. know what I don't know what that is, but I think those are the, the like sunlight or something like that. Something I don't know. Like I can't find any, or at least I haven't looked hard enough to find any 
naming on the back. It just says 36. But, I don't know, good stuff. Yeah. Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop shop for all your abrasive needs. Hell yeah. code HUSTLE10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And while you're ordering belts, you need a grinder to strap it to. So pick yourself up a broad bag. That's what I use. I'll be using a Bex Armory BA Shredder here very soon. I would love to get my hands on a Bex Armory BA Shredder. I'm going to need a second grinder in the shop pretty soon. And I think my next go around, I'm definitely going to go with a kit, kit style build. I was going to build another revolution. And then I started doing the time math and estimates on all the projects I've got going right now. And it just wasn't in the cards for me to build another grinder from scratch. So me yeah. and Richard ended up talking about it. So well, yeah, he's a good guy too. He's yeah. a great guy. My I theory in a, my head. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I bought a, that seven inch TR maker uh, wheel kit mm-hmm. from my raffle. Mm-hmm. So I told, I told you, so I needed half inch diameter, inner diameter for the bearings, you know, for the axle. Right. The mm-hmm. idler wheel was 12 millimeter. And I was like, shit, I don't have any 12 millimeter bolts. I shot Richard a message. He turned me a 12 millimeter bolt on his lathe that night. I sent him the money. He sent it to me with a bunch of extra hardware and shit. That's bonkers. Like just a oh, yeah. super cool guy. <laughs> Yeah, super cool. Well, and he's, like, super willing to share his information, too, or his knowledge, I should say. And, um, like, Jason, I know you just bought the the uh, burners. I'm actually – I have a forged body right now. I, like, right now I only have a one-burner thing, cheapy from Amazon that I got. Um, and so I'm going to basically put, I think, Richard Beck's burners into my – this new forge body that i have it'll it'll make all the difference in the world if you're running an amazon burner i mean they are intense dude like they are bonkers yeah i mean i fired one up before i built the forge and just you know i had it in my vice and just lit it you know why not let's just shoot a forge burner off in there and anyone who's going to tell me i'm going to die of cancer i know already the (laughs) inside of my new forge is not coated yet but i did dry fire it just because i wanted to see you know and it's a. I don't think I needed two burners. I mean, they are that intense. They're in there now, so I'm going to keep them in there. But they're bad to the bone, dude. So are you running them off of two different regulators? Mm-hmm. Same regulator. Yeah, same regulator, but they have. I got uh, ball valves at the top of each. Mm-hmm. Thing with a ball valve is though, you can't really regulate the gas pressure. It's either on or off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I want to swap that over to a needle valve so I can regulate the pressure up top because, I mean, a ball valve, it's going to burn even with a little bit of gas or it's not going to burn with no gas. Yeah. So, but, I mean, like I said, unless you're trying to forge, like, heavy duty, like some tool steel or some, you know, spring steel or something or trying to make some Damascus, I really can't see a reason for two in a, in a small forge body. Yeah. Well, and really with one, Richard, I think you'd still forge weld all day. Yeah. Well, I, I've forged welded in mine. Um, I've made a couple things of Damascus, um, but nothing fancy, you know, but I think when he was sending me information, he said, buy two of these and have a regulator for each one. 
And so, and, and then there was like a, like a connection so you can run one tank into both regulators. But I don't know. Cause then you could just run one at a time if you want, or but the needle, that needle valve is a good idea. Well, when I got my box with my two burners, I was kind of telling them about what I already had. Cause I just ordered a new regulator with the, the split to go off the two burners. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I might do this or that might put one burner, but I might need a cap for the other one. Cause I got this extra regulator. He sent me so many extra parts. And I was like, what in the hell is all this? He's like, well, if you, if there's a cap. If you want to use this regulator on that burner. And if you want to use this for that, there's this, and this is splitter. And it was, he, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> hell, I feel like Richard sponsors the show the way we're talking about him, but it seriously is well, good he stuff. He has a Patreon. So it's kind of a sponsor, right? He's, yeah. he's done more to sponsor us than some other people. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being a hundred percent real here, that's a I fact, mean, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Step it up. Phoenix abrasives. I'm still Ooh, waiting on belts. something that's on a boat. Any old school listener will know what that means. But, uh, Brigham knows he's grinning. <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, did, so did pickle ever get his package or? I don't know. From, uh, from uh, your pawn shop guy, yeah, he got There's it twice. Stencils, like those stencils are legit. I, they're awesome. Yeah, he they're got his package favorite. twice. Yeah, those. Yeah. If you need stencils, my pawn shop dude is the way to go. What's his actual name? Because that's all I know him by is pawn shop dude or or Woody's wax dude. Well, that that's what's on his shirt. He's got a little name tag. It says pawn shop guy. No, really? No. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say like that'd be that's actually kind of cool. No, his name's James. I should James. get him to come on the podcast one of these days. Do it yeah, up. We should. appreciate you, James. He's so yeah, totally. I don't know. I mean, he's awesome as shit to stand and talk to face to face. But he's he's so chill. You know what I mean? He's like an old hippie guy. He just <laughs> he's so laid back. There's no there's no hurry. There's no excitement. I just don't know if he'd be into it. But well, yeah. all I know is I do appreciate his stencils, and he actually sent me some stickers too, which I thought were pretty cool. So, yeah, dude. Thank you, James. Appreciate you. Yeah, I don't I gotta know try that woody wax though, because uh, I've been using axe wax. I don't know anything different than axe wax. Besides, like I've tried using this stuff, true oil. I got crap all over my desk for making knives. Cause yeah, that's I used to not use that true knife. oil. It's so hard to apply. It is. I, it I is. had it so much trouble with it. And it gets it's sticky. Definitely not food safe. If you can get no, it on there correctly, it looks beautiful, but it's so hard to apply. Um, I'll send you a tin of that woody wax. I got hooked up with some. Okay. Awesome. I need to buy some uh, more of my Carter from you. I loved using that. So it was kind of. I got it all slabbed up. Stuff. Yeah, awesome. That woody wax. I'll send you some money. The only comparison that I can think of is I'm not going to say the other one's name. Just because I, I said it already, you did, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I've never used it. You know what I mean? Oh, really? I've well, never so used it's hard it. To compare, right? Well, I know what's in it. Yeah, and I know how it's made, but I would compare them to being almost the exact same product at a quarter of the cost. Yeah, you know what I mean. My guy's making it himself in a small shop. They're in some facility, probably most likely with the amount of volume that they're doing. And he just doesn't have the overhead. He's a small business. 
You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's still the same food safe, you know, won't turn all that kind of good stuff. Just at that's a fraction good. of the cost. Yeah, it's good. Can't wait to try some. It'll be good stuff. It's good shit. Maybe I'll, I'll actually get some of these handles done and I apply it to it. Yeah, I've got a finger banger that uh, that I did up Thursday. Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday, I think, is when I finished it. And I put the woody wax on there and made a little video. And yesterday we had a little family get together at my house. And me and my dad, my uncle, and my papa all ended up in my shop. And I pulled that little thing out, you know, just to show it to them because it's the only thing I got down there that's ready. And it was still just as shiny and pretty. You know, I mean, just has, it's like it puts a layer of glass over it. It's just really good stuff. But, and those are some of the videos, like the content that I enjoy is watching somebody like, you know, rub, rub the oil on the handle and how it just changes. And, you know, when it's say like a, a curly maple or something like that, that curly comes out and it's just so, so beautiful. Yeah. It makes like, that chatoyance pop. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love the chatoyance. Yeah. The my my friend Ryan Chadbourne does some videos like that. He uses a spray bottle though. Uh, yeah. A spray bottle of water. Oh, is it just plain water you use? Mm-hmm. It's working. Yeah. It works. It works. <laughs> Especially if I'm not done shaping the handle. You know what I mean? Because then if you've got wax everywhere and you're going to fucking gum up your belts. and So just a little water. Show what the grain's going to look like. Yeah. I've used Windex in the past just to kind of look for myself once I hit like 80 grit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to see what's happening. Sometimes I feel a little impatient. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I want to see what's it going to look like. I'm so excited. <laughs> Those high gloss reveals that I do where it's in the vice and it's just the handle looks all wet, yeah. like super wet. That's uh, mineral oil. I've done WD-40 yeah. for those. So I've been wanting to ask you, when you say, how long are you soaking it in the mineral oil? Um, An hour. Really? I just Yeah, I just put it in there and go fuck off in the shop or... Are you ever afraid it's like going to do something weird to the wood or? No, everything I use is stabilized. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I just, I'm always afraid of just getting it too wet or too. No, I get my handles wet through the whole process. Yeah. Especially if I'm using micarta. Because as you know, that micarta burns really easy. Yeah, so it does. I, I dunk it like it's metal. I just yeah, dunk it. It took me really. It took me a while mm-hmm. to figure out what was going on because it, it's like I'd I'd be sanding and it would just lose its color. The color would change. I'd be like shit. What did I do? And then I just found that if I used a newer belt, I didn't have that problem. So yeah. pretty much when I finish, whenever I finish a handle, now I'm um, using a new belt. Or uh, sorry, not finishing, but shaping. I'll use a brand new belt. People are probably can, like slapping me through the radio saying that, but what, I don't want to burn my handle material up. Slow Do speed. you guys have any other secrets besides that? Slow no, speed. I use, a, I use a fresh belt, too. I use the most worn-out shit I can find for handles. Really? Unless it's the only thing I've ever had a problem with burning up is uh, that Dymalux. That stuff is freaking sweet when it's finished. But if you don't run super slow speed and super sharp belt, that end grain will burn like, yeah, real quick. Yeah. Geez, we've been going a while. 
This might be a record. Could be a record. Well, hey, look who we got on here. We got, got you know. The, the man, the myth, the legend himself. We got the guy. I'm just a social butterfly. That's all it is. <laughs> well, I mean, we can call it whenever you guys are ready. I know I kind of say that each week. Doesn't matter to me. My, wa- my wife's sending me memes of tacos because she's like, I want, ta- I want tacos. <laughs> no. Horny. I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> oh, yeah, that stops. After not horny. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? Tacos are good, though. I like tacos. Damn it. Now I got to go get tacos. Tacos. Homemade tacos. I don't know what we're having for dinner. I think we're probably going to go to salsas because, what is it, almost 6 o'clock here? Close to it? Six five forty eight. Yeah. Miss Katie gets off at 6. We'll probably meet back at the house about 6.30. Instead of cooking, we'll just jump in the truck and go grab a few tacos. So by the time we go to the grocery store and buy everything for tacos, just for two people, we can go order two tacos a piece and have a beer at the Mexican restaurant for half the money, and we ain't got to cook or clean up. So It's true. <laughs> Only two tacos, though? Like, I'd still be – I'd have to go to another spot to get the rest of dinner. Six more tacos. Damn. Okay. Well, I like it. that's what I do. I, that's how you become well rounded. Eat lots of tacos. I can put down a dozen tacos. I mean, I could like some bullshit tacos, but I get the steak tacos, you know, open face Mexican yeah. style. Uh, but I mean, plus cereal an hour later, we're eating like cheese dip and salsa and chips and all that stuff. You know, we'll go up there and eat a whole bowl of chips and cheese dip and salsa, and then order and then get some more chips to. You know, snack on while we're waiting on our real food. I love Mexican food. Oh, God, we do too. Oh, it's so good. You ever do one of those contests? It's like eat 20 tacos and you get the T-shirt. We had, yeah. a place do, we had a place do something like that. And I learned, like, you always go order that and then you can take it home because you're not going to finish it. But I tried to do it seriously once and I got eight tacos in and it was like, disgusted with myself <laughs> like like i'm a fat guy i should be able to finish this like there's skinny people on the board and i i couldn't do it man but they fill your tacos more so that's where the that, that's where the the trick comes in you just order that and then walk out and say i'm done but then you have the rest like meals for the whole week lunch there you go that's one way to do it well i'm hungry now Brigham Kendall. A poet, a revolutionary. Yep, you said it right. We appreciate you coming thing, on here. Ryan, it's Kendall. Kendall. What's <laughs> it? Brian House. No, not Ryan. Brian. Uh, Brian House. He's, he says, bring him. Bring him. It's uh, all right, though. I still love him. Bring him. Bring him. It's Brigham Kendall. Yeah. Well, I, I knew it was Brigham because I'm a, my dad's a big-time BUI fan. B. BYU? BYU. I said Why BUI. would he be a BYU fan? He's from Salt Lake City, Utah. What? But, uh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, he's from there, so he's big t- big time into BYU. And uh, so I, I obviously know that's Brigham Young University. Yep. But, uh, Named after me. Yeah, I figured that's what it had to be, you know. Yeah. That's the one good thing about living around here, except for it's crazy because people mispronounce my name around here, too. It's like somebody asked me how to spell it the other day, and I'm like, you, there was a sign for the university in the restaurant. Like you're asking me how to, you know, it's just like, do you see how that's spelled? Like that. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's what you guys talk about. That's yeah. the first time I've seen it. That's the one. I've been wondering. Wow. Yeah, you need a it's curtain on that one, though. Yeah. Uh, he never had that happen until daylight savings time. So, still be yeah, nice. so still I hear they're going to get rid of Are they going to get rid of it or, or adopt it? Like, I want them I to know. do whatever makes it so it's lighter later at night. It's going to stay like this here. That. Yeah, it's going to stay okay, like this. I, I want it like this. Like, but it, it's not going to take effect change. until November of 23 because they have to give the airlines and travel agencies and stuff like that time to prepare. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Just to Just like 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 when the year two thousand came around and all the computers were going to explode because exactly why two thousand of zeros or whatever bullshit it was. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> I, they can't come soon enough. I'm tired of this change bullcrap, but that's all right. Yeah. Well, Brigham, thanks for coming on with us, man. We're going to wrap this thing up. And as always, you've been a fun guest, and you got an open invite to come back Thank on you. anytime. Heck yeah, man. I enjoy you, what you guys do. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm a Patreon. So thank you so much for having me and, and, uh, keep doing what you do. Thanks, man. We support you and we appreciate you as well. See you next week, guys. Keep on hustling and keep on grinding.